Welcome everyone to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of, of a particular type and then report the results back to each other and you find listeners. My name is Mike Went. And I'm Aaron Spears. And this episode's challenge, Mike, you picked was uh, Kids on an Adventure. Yeah, I part of it was inspired that uh, Stranger Things Season 4 launched uh, just a, a few days ago on Netflix. But also, I did find that this particular episode was hard to find movies uh, to, mm. uh, that, that I had not seen. Oh, okay. You know, uh, so it was because I feel like so many of the great, um, you know, kids adventure movies came out, I believe, you know, in the I think the 80s is probably the standard for it. And yeah, I don't know what was going on in the 80s, but like all the lists I was looking at, like all the top spots are the 80s stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's why I'm so drawn to Stranger Things because it takes place in the 80s. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it has a lot of those Spielbergian uh, vibes to it. Mm. But um but yeah, I for some reason this one it was a little bit of a challenge. Uh you know, hence our 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 name. Yeah, Watch that's, challenge. That's, that's but, the theme. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um but you know ultimately I was finally able to to find one that I that actually was surprised that I never seen. Uh I'm I'm getting I'm getting way above uh, the horse here. But um <laughs> But <laughs> well, is it like because there's a few different ways to approach that too, which I think I I think I went in a different direction than that you did. Mm -hmm. So it's like, is this as adults we're getting nostalgic, or so wait, is your so did you go like I'm an adult I'm getting nostalgic for something I missed? It's like we were trying to dig deep into those '80s vault to just sort of yes, see, okay, yes. It, it I was just you know I I obviously you know I, I went and found a list and I was just checking off everything. I was like, okay, <laughs> I've seen that, seen that, seen that. Yep. But then there was one that I like had to do a double take and I looked at the, you know, I know of this movie and I know who's in this movie, but for some reason I just never watched it. Oh, okay. So okay. That, that's kind of the route that I went. Cause I was also, I was also thinking there's a certain, cause I was looking at a lot of lists too. And there were some titles I was just like, yeah, no, no, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> because like they're meant for kids and i'm a you know cynical you know film geek here like I, oh, i'm not gonna watch that's clearly meant for kids it's clearly gonna drive me nuts it's probably poorly made it's probably poorly acted or at least like barely acted no i'm gonna i don't want to shame a bunch of child actors or anything but like it's meant for a child audience to consume at a specific point in time and there's a yeah. plethora of what looks like garbage in the last like, 20 <laughs> years within this genre, um, which, you know, I haven't seen it, most of them. So it's unfairly, but the stuff I've dipped my toe into, I'm like, yeah, no, that's I'm no, that's not one. But I feel like there's a certain maybe magic to the eighties stuff where like it does still work for adults. Like, yes. I, I don't know if it's still, I don't think it's really tainted with nostalgia. This isn't one of my honorable mentions, but it's definitely like one of the kids on adventure movies, Goonies. I missed yes. it growing up. I watched it for the first time like four years ago because my buddy, uh, a buddy of mine, he grew up with HBO. I did not. Actually, that's our dynamic too. You grew up with HBO, as right, we mentioned before, right. and I did not. <laughs> and I just missed Goonies. And I watched it like probably, like, yeah, like probably four or five years ago. It was definitely pre-COVID. And I reported back to him. I was like, damn, that movie works. <laughs> like I have no nostalgia for it, but I was like, it works right now. And also there's the element of like, this would never get made now. See, it in. In some ways, I'm surprised because a lot of people who 
have seen the Goonies later in life mm-hmm. think that it's not all that great or, or the, like, you know, why do people love this so much? I don't get it. You know, it, it's <laughs> it, it's interesting to me because it's like you can definitely I, I sometimes I, I have a couple younger people who work in my office and we always mm-hmm. play that game of have Julia and Maria seen this movie? Oh, and, okay. Because uh, <laughs> it, it's like there's like a there's kind of a generational gap in our in our office dynamic. So sure. there's like the there's the three older of us, and then there's two younger. Yeah, yeah. And so like, we always have this fun game of like, have you seen the Goonies or you know, right, whatever, right, right. You know yeah. insert whatever <laughs> thing from the eighties? It, it's kind of funny. I guess as I'm aging too, I'm thinking like we maybe should have defined what kids means in kids on an adventure because oh, right, right. I mean, I was like up through people in college. So I was like, that's a kid to me now. <laughs> but I don't think we meant like in college age. I, I feel like the kids implied <laughs> yeah. like a, you know, 18 or younger kind of, uh, kind of adventure. Yeah. No, I mean, in what, I, I think you were, you were kind of hinting at this and I, you know, I, I know you have children. Mm-hmm. What is it about? this modern era where it seems like movies that are intended for, you know, adventures with, with like children or, or, or like, or preteens have become where the eighties ones had a little bit of edge and like, they were not afraid to go maybe a little bit scary or a little bit, um, you know, envelope pushing. Yeah. It seems like now they're like, they're very kind of watered down, very safe. I would say, I mean, I think yeah. safe is, is the correct word. And, and some of, I mean, occasionally there is this, like, there'll be like a gem that comes out. Right. Um, but it, it's so weird to me how, you know, 20 years ago, 25, almost now 35 years ago in the case <laughs> of the Goonies or something yeah, that like that might be considered too risque or taboo now. It's kind of, it's, it's a weird era we live in, I think. Yeah, you're definitely right. I think it's, there's a couple of things going on and I wish I had pulled some, some titles off the top of my head, but like having watched them. So I have like a, I have a ninth grader and a sixth grader. And first of all, like film is not their go-to medium for entertainment. Like yeah. they do not go to like, I'm going to watch that movie Yeah, because I think that movie looks great or whatever. Like they're getting, they just go right to YouTube or TikTok. So it's <laughs> yeah. not, it's not a format they go to, you know, they got me as a dad. So there's still like, you know, I took my daughter to see the new West side story cause she's been in dance classes and she was three. And I was like, sure, you're going to be wowed by this. And she was wowed by some of it. And then she was immediately bored out of her mind and needed like her phone <laughs> out or something. Cause they just undivided attention for two hours is not how they're, they're taking in stories at all. It's really weird. Although they both yeah. do love stranger things. We're going through that right now. So it, it depends on the format there, I guess. But so when I ask them, I'm like, hey, um, what stands out to you guys? They're not referencing any of this, the, the, the previously mentioned crap that I don't have any titles for right now. Yeah. But, um, they were referencing like Stranger Things and um, uh, at one point War Games because we started watching oh, yeah. Stranger Things related um, 80s content because I was like, oh, that's a reference to this. That's a reference to that. So that did pique their interest and expanded out their watching a little bit. My daughter, for a while, her favorite movie was Ready Player One. Which is okay, like yeah, dipped and deep fried in everything eighties, um, and it probably was something to do with being a fan of Stranger Things for for a number of years now. So yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like if they maybe because not that not that there's a lot of edge to Ready Player One or something, but I think there is to Stranger Things from their perspective. Like, oh yeah, that's her introduction because she's been watching it with me for years now. That was her introduction to like what horror is. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. So 
yeah, it's kind of interesting. You have to kind of go outside of the the film world for at least, you know, that small sample size of two little humans that I live with. But like, it's just not where they're going to get like Goonies had our undivided attention. If you went and saw that in the theater or was on in your living room on HBO, that was just what you were watching. Yeah. And it took you away. And I actually had a couple examples of my honorable mentions here um, have that there. But like, yeah, it's 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 interesting that it's not it's just not the go to dominant format in, in their pop culture uh, universe anymore. So, eh. yeah. Well, I guess speaking of honorable mentions, what are some of yours? Well, so I didn't want to pick like the like I mentioned Goonies, like some of those top tier ones. Like, yeah, people know those. Like those are those are familiar. I just went completely nostalgic with mine. Like here are the ones that I went to again and again. I was a VHS kid. Uh, once we got a VCR, like late 80s, early 90s. These were the ones I either, you know, rented from the video store or got from the library. Most, most often got from the library just because yeah. they were free. And, you know, I didn't have to like, hey, mom, can I have five dollars <laughs> for five movies for five days? <laughs> I could just get, you know, these movies for free. So the two I, I got the most out, one was License to Drive. Oh, OK. Yeah. 88 starring the Corys and was where I didn't realize this until years ago when I was re- tried rewatching it. Oh, it, <laughs> I don't know about this one. Um, if you don't have nostalgia value to this one, it is probably not going to work for you. But um, Heather Graham is uh, Mercedes. She's the love interest in this Oh, movie. yes. And this movie, I think, shuts off the your imagination for your and your no your tolerance for this movie is shut off the minute you actually have a driver's license this movie works <laughs> if you're under 16 because it's all about one of the right. boys goes to get his driver's license he fails but he has this evening out on the town plan and since he fails he just fakes that he has a license and they get into all kinds of hijinks and shenanigans uh, out on the town and i was like man as soon as i get my license so it was like this uh, fantasy movie to watch uh from my perspective when i was under 16 <laughs> yeah uh, the other one we rented all the time, my sister and I, for some reason, were obsessed with this one, which is weird because there's really no female roles to speak of, is uh, Toy Soldiers from 1991. Ah, yes. Is that one of your... No, I'm not one of your honorable mentions. That, that's one you've seen? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, for sure. That was an HBO... That was definitely an HBO movie. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, HBO one. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the cast is crazy. Um, I was a really big Louis Gossett Jr. fan through the late 80s, early 90s, because he was a lot of straight-to-VHS action. I watched my dad, <laughs> yeah. you know, Firestarter. Uh, what was the, the the Top Gun knockoff he was in? Like, oh, oh, Iron man. Eagle or something? Yes, Iron Eagle. Mm-hmm. Iron Eagle, that series. But uh, anyway, yeah, Toy Soldiers, the... the the high concept for that was it's diehard at a prep school. It's so it's kids, you know, fighting back against uh, fighting back against terrorists uh, that take over their prep school, and uh, watch that over and over and over again. And uh, my last honorable mention actually is an HBO one because when I was a kid, one of the things I looked forward to once we had cable but not HBO was we got HBO free preview weekends. Yes, and we got the little book in the mail. And I would highlight stuff. And uh, the very first movie I watched on a free preview weekend uh, was a double feature. And I'm only going to mention the first one because we'll mention the other one later on at some other point. But it was Space Camp from 1986. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, Group of kids who are at Space Camp, which I always wanted to go to but never got to go to. So it was a total (laughs) fantasy for me. And they're accidentally launched into space. And they have to use, you know, their their science knowledge uh, and everything they learned in camp to survive. But looking back now, it's the cast like i was obsessed with leah thompson or yes had a crush, no I guess, that, that's one of my <laughs> 80s crushes as well but you She's also have... a good looker <laughs> oh my god yeah uh i was watching caroline in the city when i probably shouldn't have been just because i was still obsessed <laughs> with, uh, leah thompson. uh but also it has Kate capshaw it's got joaquin phoenix oh wow oh i forgot that he was in it 
and uh, Tate Donovan. <laughs> like, it's a weird cast, but um, that one I have not revisited, so I couldn't say if that one holds up. Toy Soldiers is still a riot, in my opinion. But um, yeah, yeah, full full nostalgia. <laughs> uh, honorable mention for me here. What about you, Mike? I will say, like, Monster Squad is one that uh, oh, I yeah. uh, was often on. Um, channel 43 uh here in cleveland it, it's uh just uh there were several movies that were always on on the weekends like teen wolf was often also on that that that's sure. one that uh i i have like probably in the long run it's probably not a great movie but, <laughs> but i find that movie <laughs> very very entertaining but monster squad the same it you know it just, it has like it has. It's basically. I think it's almost like you could call it slightly like a Goonies ripoff, or or knockoff uh, mm-hmm. slightly. But but the fact that they had all of the you know Dracula and and the Mummy and and all those like characters kind of molded in with with the kids' adventure that was yeah. that was great. Uh, one that I have a soft spot for, and it's uh, is the Sandlot. Uh, honestly, um, from 93, uh, yeah. it's just, uh, that is one where it is kind of, it's kind of sweet. It, you know, it's, it's like, it's mm-hmm. very PG, but I thought that the, that, that was something that I remember like my parents bought us the tape and we mm-hmm. watched it all the time. I, I think, and not too long ago, I, I revisited it. Actually, there was an outdoor screening in in the the neighborhood that I live in, and um, some of it is. Uh, I think the one thing that really works with that is that they they got like this really great uh, kid actors, and I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes when I've seen some of these things, especially some of the straight to Netflix stuff, that I think some of the the kid acting is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no offense to these these kids who are just trying to you know earn a paycheck but uh these i think the kids in the sandlot just had this natural chemistry that uh that really comes through and it's i mean i'm a huge baseball person so Mm -hmm. i don't know it was like the best of both worlds and also the fact that it's take you know i i have kind of like uh appreciation for things that take place in the 60s and 70s um yeah so for me oh yeah that's like a, a flashback one isn't it yes okay yes. yeah yeah so it, i think it takes place in 61 or okay. 62 one of those two even though it came out in the that was like an early 90s one right yeah ni- 93 yeah. 93 okay so but uh but yeah that that one definitely sticks out for me that one is similar to goonies for me because i missed it growing up but my uh again like it's interesting that like my daughter saying she loves ready player one where i was like well, it's a male protagonist. Like that's interesting. I mean, there's uh, female characters obviously in there, but my wife grew up like loving the Sandlot, and I was like, it just crosses even gender lines uh, yeah. with that too. Because I was like, what character did you grab? And she's like, I don't know. I just I grew up going to my brother's baseball games because I was the oldest, and I had to like walk yeah. into the field. She's like, so I was always around <laughs> baseball, and that movie's awesome. It captures exactly you know what it's like summer baseball, hanging out, your friends get together. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, but it does. It worked. I think also just uh, having James Earl Jones like being like kind of like the wise old uh, neighbor, you know, yeah. is like is something that kind of works for me as well. <laughs> Even though he's like barely in the movie, but yeah, yeah. it certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what did you end up picking? 
Oh, so I ended up picking, um, I did go with a movie I, I hadn't seen in a long, long, long time, but it was one that I never thought about it as being a kids on an adventure, even though it's totally a kids on adventure. I always looked at it as more almost like a time travel movie, which I'm obsessed with and is definitely a topic we will be visiting sure. at some point in the life of this show. <laughs> for sure. But um, I went with Pleasantville from 1998. Ah, yeah. There's a place where life is simple. People are perfect. And everything is black and white. Honey, I'm home. It's a place that's as far from reality as we can imagine. How about some marshmallow rice squares? Those are swell. But maybe it's a lot closer. Let me see that. Than we think. What happened? I'm not sure. Me. I'm pasty. Morning, kids. Better get a move on or you'll be late for school. I put blueberries in them just the way you like. We're in Pleasantville? No! We're supposed to be in school. We're supposed to be in color? What's all the commotion? Who's that? I didn't think you'd want to come here until we'd been pinned for a little while. You can pin me anytime you want to. Or maybe I should just pin you. She's a fine young woman. She would never do anything for us to be concerned about. From the creator of Big and Dave. What are you doing to these people? You can't do this to them. You're messing with their whole universe. Maybe it needs to be messed with, David. Comes a story about the loss of innocence. I brought you something from the library. Gee whiz. And the power of change. What's outside of Pleasantville? There's some places where the road keeps going. Written and directed. Uh, Gary Ross and uh, yeah, I, I, it, it thought I thought like this is what a what a great time travel hook. They try and travel back to the fifties, even though the hook is really it's two um, suburban uh, teens, high school teens. Actually, I think they're twins. Because um, I think yeah, they're the same. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, played by Reese Witherspoon and Tobey Maguire. We're going to get into the cast here a little bit too, because damn, is this cast stacked full stacked. of <laughs> yes, yes, stacked full of people in 1998. But this is. Um, so it's like two 90s suburban teens. So like full kind of like not quite like Gen X, but like that that like late 90s teenager goes back to their their favorite 1950s. So there are two teenagers. One is like obsessed with this, basically a Nick at Night show uh, called yeah. Pleasantville. And the other one, Reese Witherspoon, is like just about to be the most popular girl in school because she's just slutty enough and she's just hot enough and she's just <laughs> like gum chomping enough and doesn't really give a shit about grades. She's only there to socialize. So the two different, you know, kind of high school experiences there. And then during the Pleasantville Marathon, they're sucked into the TV. And now they're playing like the, the, the brother and sister characters on the show. So everybody looks at them as being, you know, Bud and Mary Sue even though they are, you know, the characters that we've been seeing from the nineties. And then as they start uh, introducing their own little like words and phrases, you know, starts changing the show around them. And as people experience, you know, like kind of their, I guess like their true nature or their, their actual inner desires start to come yeah. out. This is when color comes into this black and white world. So the rest of the cast, you've got Jeff Daniels. He plays like the guy who runs the soda shop. You've got Joan Allen and William H. Macy. Like what a perfect casting for like a 1950s yes. couple. Yes. Uh, you've got Don Knotts as like, I guess you could say the kind of evil or at least sinister TV repairman <laughs> who actually gives them the magic remote that sends them back into the show. Uh, you've got JT Walsh playing like the, uh, you know, conservative, I don't like change, you know, gruff mayor in one of his last roles. And then I totally forgot about this, but Paul Walker yes. pops up. 
he's the love interest for uh, Reese Witherspoon when she's in Pleasantville. And uh, I would not have, if you would have said before rewatching this, like, Paul Walker, has he got some comedy chops? Like, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's solid in this one, and he's doing, like, good comedy in this one. It's like, yeah. it's like heartfelt uh, good comedy. But, no, it was it, the visuals are stunning. Um, it's one of those, like, it's such a simple parable kind of story. You know, colors introduced as characters kind of change and evolve and realize what their like, inner passions are. Like Jeff Daniels, you know, realizes, oh, I want to be a painter, not just, you know, running a diner. Um, yeah. So, you know, books, the pages start filling in as people start discovering more and more about stories and art and, you know, true, like, you know, meaning in their lives rather than just boring old routine. But it's, it's ultimately, it, it does fit in Kids on an Adventure. And I hadn't really watched it that way because it's the kids that are there introducing, you know, passion and art and thought and ideas and philosophy to this black and white world. Yeah. And then whether or not change happens or not is all because like these kids are there on an adventure. And by the end, you're just like, it's this gorgeous, just obscenely technicolor, you know, just color marvel of the way this town is, is decorated. Yes. And it's got this kind of oddly trippy ending that I don't want to give away. It's not like a M night Shyamalan reveal, but it's like <laughs> the adult dynamics play out is odd at the end. And I'm still not hundred percent sure what that means. But as you watch it nowadays, too, it's it. I, and I use the word parable specifically because it worked for me in the 90s. Like I wore out my DVD of this. I just would put it on. Yeah. Uh, you know, over and over again when I was doing whatever, like it was just on around me, like you'd put on a favorite album. But I think it's a parable because the, the, the American culture that we have nowadays even is still cannot let go of this fantasy of like the great America of the 1950s. And I was like, was it? And this movie really plays with that of like. Yeah, that black and white image you have was a TV show idea. Yeah. Of, like the good old days. And and this movie kind of messed with it, but also in a total family film structure. Yeah. Really, no, really you're right. Cool. Now, I, I will say real quick, I mean, that that movie was somewhat of a probably where I started to realize where I started to think different about movies than some mm-hmm. of my contemporaries or friends. You know, it, it was I think it came out. Not what did that come out? Like ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay, I think I was. I would have been like either ninth grade or eighth grade or something. So, mm-hmm. um, I had seen the the commercials for that trailers. So, like you know, I begged my parents to take me, and some of my friends came with me. They thought it was boring to tears, but I thought you know <laughs> this was like a really amazing movie, and then. I was fortunate to have an English teacher mm-hmm. in um, my freshman year of high school. We kind of broke it down scene by scene. Like, oh, wow. You know, it, I think this was like maybe before parents started to get uh, kind of mad about uh, movies being certain movies being shown. But, um, but no, like he would play it and then like we would play it up to a certain point, then we would talk about it. Okay. And, uh, you know, he, he would talk about a lot of the symbolism in the movie. Like there's the, there's a scene where uh, I think Reese Witherspoon grabs an apple and it kind of fades into like the moon. Oh, and, the full moon right behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. Shot. So yeah. he's just like, he's like, see that symbolism, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, it, it really, that, that's something. Yeah. It's just, you know, hearing you talk about it just triggered it in my head. I was like, you know, that, that was really a, a pivotal movie for me. 
I Excellent. Yeah, no, it, it really, it really is. There's a lot to it there again, but also like, yeah, it's PG 13. You do. I mean, Joan Allen does masturbate in a tub and have a right. tree on <laughs> yeah. fire level, you know, orgasm explosion, but, um, yeah. you know, PG 13 way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that it, it, it does. It, it holds up. I did a rewatch and I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't own this anymore. Huh? <laughs> so I had to go grab it. Um, but then, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, kids, kids on an adventure. If that, that world would not have changed for, for those characters, it wouldn't have opened up without those kids, uh, going on their adventures. So, uh, Pleasantville 1998. What, uh, what is your, what is your pick for kids on an adventure, Mike? All right. So, uh, like I said, I, uh, I was going through a lot of like the eighties lists and everything. And I had realized I had never watched the movie, the gate from 1987. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine a gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. Someone has opened the gate. There's this weird tearing sound there. The decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no. He's tearing out here by the hands. I'm calling the police. You got demons. stars young Stephen Dorff in his <gasps> I mean, uh, film <laughs> in his film debut uh he was probably like 10 or you know 9 or 10 or something okay. um and it is uh it's basically about um a young man who uh you know he has this uh nightmare basically at the beginning of the film of uh you know, finding his home home abandoned and then going to a tree house for it to be struck by lightning. But when he actually, when he wakes up, they realizes there is this, you know, the remnants of the, of the tree house are in the middle and there's this hole in the, in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And he discovers this geode, which, uh, which ultimately opens up this, this world of these, goblins that live underneath the the ground okay um and uh it's you know they start to uh get into the house and basically the parents are on this uh the parents are on this vacation so it's it's basically uh him and his sister and his best friend who are uh at the house most of the time and they start to get these different visions of things so uh like each each person sees something that's not actually there. So okay. like at one point the dog the friend thinks that the dog is his mother who is deceased and that you know they're like dancing but then when he wakes up like the dog is like dead and it's I I'm not explaining it that great. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I will I will say this. But um no it's one of those uh you know it's one of those I think uh, a movie that 
probably pushed the envelope a little bit uh, in its PG-13 rating. Um, okay. But it is, at the core of it, is this kind of, there is a sweetness to it. Uh, you know, the the brother and the sister are are very close, even though they're they're years apart a little bit in age where, you know, she's a teenager. She has these friends who are always over, but ultimately, you know, they have to like face the, face the demons that are uh, attacking their, their house. Um, Okay. But some really cool special effects. I think a combination of stop motion and uh, also of uh, some, um, you know, some practical that that's going on there. I think, the only reason why it was not called the pit uh, because there was another movie called the pit that came out early in the eighties that, oh, uh, okay. you know, our, our friend Dave Huffman uh, loves. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but it's, about a kid. It's, it's basically about a kid who finds a pit and there's these goblins at the, the bottom. So he just okay. starts throwing people into it uh, <laughs> because otherwise, if he doesn't keep the, the goblins fed, they're going to like come out and eat people. So, okay. okay. Um, so this one is called the gate, the gate. Okay. Uh, but they're both the, the both thing that they have in common is that they're, they're both uh, Canadian U S co-productions. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh it's certainly, it's not the best eighties um, movie that I've seen or eighties uh, kids movie, but it's certainly, uh, there was some pretty good, like I said, there were some pretty good scares and, you know, the practical effects were, were, were pretty interesting. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those ones like, Hey, I'm, I'm glad I, I've seen it. I probably don't have to see it again. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm, I have looked up on some forums where, you know, some people do consider this like, you know, one of the kind of cult classics of the, of the eighties, uh, as far as, uh, you know, horror films go. Well, I'm definitely intrigued just because of, well, I, I'm, I like Stephen Dorff a lot, but um, it's also an era of horror. But you said this one is PG-13? It is. It it's, is. Okay. Yeah. But especially like since it sounds like the 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 target audience would be like a kid audience. And so pushing yes. the envelope, like you said, within PG-13 as well, like I'm I'm interested in that. Also, that's a really cool premise because it seems like also it's one of those horror, it, it potentially could be one of those horror movies, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you know, kids are home alone and there's like the monsters from like the whole, the pit, the gate, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out there, like you have to defend the house and like, they have to learn some self-reliance and work together. And there's an element of, um, you know, like the monsters kids are always afraid of. Like that's a, that's a childhood fear come to life yes. kind of yes. vibe to it. And, and yeah. And in the, in the surrealism sometimes that's happening where they're, like I said, where they're seeing people who are not actually there. Um, you know, kind of throws this like interesting element into it. Um, and uh, fun fact, uh, one of the, so the, the sister has a friend in there. And if you, I, once again, I'm like a big fan of like all things eighties, but I like the, the, uh, the series, the Goldbergs and, uh, one of the, one of the Yentas is, is in this movie. She was only 12 years old at the time. Oh wow! Um, uh, so so from and I realized like she's she's Canadian. So uh, ah, you, <laughs> you know I think there, there's so many of those movies that probably maybe we didn't realize were filmed in Canada, right? Uh, right. So you know you know especially horror and sci-fi movies 
they had like you know the run of the mill of those up in canada right, right. <laughs> so i don't know what it is in the water in canada but they they love their horror <laughs> and sci-fi uh, or certain production companies were just like, hey, nice little tax loophole or rebate here. So let's exactly. go to Canada. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it it's definitely worth a, a watch. And it's on um, it's on Amazon's or I'm sorry, IMDb's freebie or uh, whatever oh, yeah. they call it. Yeah. It's like their, their, their free version, version. Where there's ads. So, for, yeah. 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 So there yeah. there's a few ads during it. But uh, it's like under 90 minutes so you can't really complain that's good yeah no it doesn't overstay its welcome and since we were given so much shit at the top of the show to (laughs) child actors uh we should probably then say like uh you know i would say acting in pleasantville thumbs up like it's doing what it's doing it's a little stiff at at the start but it's you know black and white tv acting and then it grows over it how is the child acting in the gate is it i i think i mean Stephen Dorff really uh, shows his his uh, promise at, mm-hmm. at a young age. It was his his film debut. I think he does pretty well. Some of the other actors, I mean, the, in the the lady who eventually was on the Goldberg, she's not bad. I mean, given what she's, it's basically right. like the "What are you doing? Come on!" You know, it, it's those kind of <laughs> those kind of lines. Right. But um, the the characters who played the sister and the best friend. Didn't really have many roles after. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a, I mean, and and sometimes you'll see kids from the eighties or stars from the eighties who only had like their one, their one movie that they're known for. And then they, they dropped out of business, but you know, I think they're not bad. It could be a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, what uh, so what challenge do you think we got for us next time? So next time, um, I was thinking, you know, we're obviously uh, we're heading into the summertime here, and uh, I was looking like it feels like theatrical release movies are coming back this summer in a way mm-hmm. that they just physically couldn't, or they just they just wasn't possible the last couple of years. Even though Hollywood films, uh, to a degree, were well, all films were trying, yeah. But there was like that that blockbuster fear the last couple of years. Like, do we put out Bond right now? No, 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 no. It's yeah. You know, like really playing like that weird uh, dance with, you know, COVID and different variants and whatnot. Whereas, I don't know, in some cases, numbers be damned. People are like, no, fuck it. Right. Blockbusters are back this year for sure. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we got we got Maverick out. There's Jurassic Park coming out. Um, there's a whole slate where I was like, okay, damn, there's some like blockbuster material coming here. So I thought, let's take a look at some summer blockbusters. Yeah, let's see what we can dredge up here and see what uh, I think it also could be, you know, young, young podcast here, a little litmus test for like what draws me as a blockbuster, what draws you as a blockbuster, Mike. Yeah. And see um, what's going in there. Now, I do want to have a quick little like caveat or explanation there where I don't want to limit it to just like, oh, that movie made a billion dollars. Like that's a block. I don't want to like definitions of blockbuster obviously are like or they should they can be made a shitload of money. But there's also this interesting phenomenon within Hollywood of like the intended blockbuster. Yes. Where like this studio thought it was going to, it thought it had a blockbuster and, you know, it came out summer season, whatever, you know, thought it was going to be summer blockbuster. Top of my head, I'm still stuck on, for some reason, John Carter. I I don't know why (laughs) there's other ones, there's other examples out there, but like that was going to be the big tentpole movie that summer and it tanked. So I still kind of have it as official, like it's in a blockbuster category in my head because it's what it was intended to be, even though it didn't actually become one. Um, yeah. So yeah, it could be an intended blockbuster or an actual blockbuster, but summer blockbusters. It's the season, and uh, why not? Let's let's jump in and uh, see what we come up with here. Absolutely. 
Cool. Well, I uh, look forward to seeing uh, what, what what's on your summer blockbuster list, Mike. And uh, I guess we'll find out uh, next episode and talk soon. Have a good one.